Disclaimer, I am not a professional, nor do I claim to be one. All opinions shared within this podcast are my own. And when relevant, research and resources will be linked in the file that is linked to this podcast. With all that being said, hey, I'm Romy. Welcome to my podcast, where I talk about all the things that make my brain buzzing. Um, hello. Welcome to episode two. Welcome to the happy chaos that I call my podcast, and I'm excited to have you back, especially for the second episode. It feels like one of those things that you just, you try, and you're supposed to give up after, like, the first 20 minutes, but here I am. This is technically the third episode because I've recorded another episode, but I'm not going to post that one because... I don't think I was ready to share the information that I actually put in it, but when I am, I think it's going to be a while, but I'll, I'll post it eventually. But um, I guess I'd like to start out with sharing a little bit of what went on during my week, and <laughs> um, I think it was a pretty okay week. I had a couple of classes, as normal, and um, I got really into Animal Crossing because that's, you know, just who I am as a person. It's my escape. And I ha- actually got two new vi- villagers, which is pretty cool because I'm really in love with one of them. Ellie's amazing. But then my second villager, Croak. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Nah, man. <laughs> I don't. I don't support that kind of behavior. He's actually so mean to me because, I don't know, you know how on Animal Crossing they all have like their individual um, character traits and personality types, and he just happens to be one of the grouchy ones, and when they say grouchy, it's an understatement. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't want to get too far deep into the Animal Crossing thing. Because it will, I'll border into the territory where that's the only thing that I'm going to talk about. And this episode, I want to be a little bit more, I wouldn't say serious. It's more of like my commentary on, <laughs> on something that I think is, um, I think under discussed is the best way to put it. And that topic today is breakups. Well, less so breakups, I think. The direction I'm going into is more so the direction of how we as a community respond to people that go into breakups, especially when it comes to the conversations that we have in support of those going through breakups. And the biggest question that I have so far is why do we respond to them in the way that we do? And the way I've outlined right now is best described as a pep talk and in this pep talk we tend to put the several elements and these elements tend to all be grouped underneath the you deserve better umbrella which i think is valid in most cases because in relationships sometimes it's a give and take in when you just don't receive what you probably should be receiving. At that point, you 
can take a step back and look at the situation and be like, yeah, you do deserve better. But I also see it as a very one-sided view or a singular type of view, simply because it doesn't acknowledge that the, the downfall of a relationship has two streets leading towards <laughs> and sometimes in these pep talks we tend to ignore that our friends and our persons tend to fall short in certain areas and in the process of falling short in the relationship that leads to the breakup however that may look we kind of just highlight the fact that our supported individual is hurting instead of highlighting the fact that they might have also contributed to somebody else's hurt, right? And that's just one side of the situation. And then I also realized in like thinking a little bit deeper about breakups and the breakups that I've experienced that sometimes when <laughs> when we break up with people, um, when you get closer to the decline of the relationship and when problems start happening, especially if problems start happening towards the end of your relationship, that a lot of the the issues and conversations surrounding the issues kind of sound like the pep talks that we give people when they're experiencing breakups, right? And I mean this to say that we tend to tell people that they deserve better and I think the best way to, to, to like have that uh, like expand on what I'm trying to say is to read the kind of relationship errors that go on and, and the apologies that are associated with those relationship areas because they are valid and I'm not trying to like throw anybody under the bus because I love these people and I will always love them regardless if we decide to stay friends for eternity or if we stop being friends in 10 years. I think it's valid to look at real life experiences and see the faults in them and be able to like move forward because I know this person is going to move forward. Anyways, um, I think about a lot of the conversations I had in a past relationship where our relationship was just starting to go sour and in the process of it going sour, they make like mistakes that we had talked about like in boundary setting, even though we didn't really intentionally approach the boundary conversation. We, we did outline some things that would make us uncomfortable and then they started doing the things that would that were going to make me uncomfortable, right? And within that happening, um, it kind of led up to the breakup. And then that also caused a lot of apology conversations, which um, if I were in their shoes, I would have done it a little bit differently because their apologies didn't really fit the box of a, an effective apology, right? So when I think of an effective apology, I think of somebody stating what they did, stating how they know it to have affected the person that it offended, and then 
them outlining a point of action to how they're going to do better or their plan of action, I should say, for them to do better, right? And then this person never had that in their apologies. It was more so like a sentimental thing where like, I suck and, well, the apologies would go along the line of, I suck and I treat you really badly and you don't deserve some somebody that's going to treat you so badly. You deserve a lot better than what I can give you. And I, I sometimes I found myself leaving those conversations feeling like it was a cop-out because you're so invested in how you feel that in your apology, you can't even highlight the fact that... <laughs> you did something wrong instead of it's just like a pity party for how much you think you suck and it doesn't really fix the fact that you hurt me or it doesn't really fix the fact that we might not be able to bounce back from what you did because you breach trust and when you breach trust things you can't really resume unless you actively make the decision to forgive and forget. And I think a lot of the time we forgive, but we don't necessarily forget. And I don't think you should forget because if you do decide to wipe the slate clean, for some, in some cases it's what works, but at the same time, there needs to be an expectation of how you're gonna treat somebody. And then unless you're willing to treat the person according to the expectations that not only they outline but you decided to agree with i think at that point if you are held held accountable for your actions just take the l and do better but i don't think that's what happens in reality at all times but you know that's the way of the world we just gotta keep pushing and make the effort to do better right um and um, when you have people feeling that kind of loneliness because of the faulty apologies that they've received and not because they are like terrible apologies, I don't think any apology is terrible, especially when the intentions are pure and in effort of reconciling with that person or at least seeking forgiveness from that person. Um, then it's a question of effectiveness of apology and how do we apologize to the extent that we are effective in achieving the desired outcome of forgiveness that, they were, that we're looking for and that the person feels like they can hold us accountable for our actions whilst being able to give us a second chance even though we did mess up. But that's, that's one conversation. Um, and... Just imagining how people might feel, especially in reference of how I was feeling in the situations that I've been through. It's, my heart goes out to them because nobody actually enjoys breakups and nobody actually enjoys having to call somebody out on their crappy behavior. And nobody likes being called out on their crappy behavior either. So um, breakups just genuinely suck. But I think as a community, we've responded to them in a way that is a little bit weird, <laughs> especially in, like, I feel like the breakup conversations that we have with our friends can either go in one of two ways. You have the pep talk or you have, like, those friends that feel like it's the f it's finally their time to let you know that your their opinions on your relationship and then 
in the process of them letting you know the relationship on the their opinion on your relationship they say things like he was trash anyways or she was trash anyways and you deserve better and sometimes it will flip back on you and then they'll tell you things like you care too much or you let you let an ugly person hurt your feelings you let somebody less than hurt your feelings and then you care too much and then sometimes when you get yourself involved in those emotional like entanglements or situationships it's like you care too much and it's not even that serious and i think that's so harmful <laughs> because it it ignores the fact that somebody actually was emotionally connected to something and then when you ignore that emotional aspect and think of it just logically I feel like we we miss out on a lot <laughs> because not everything can be logically explained and not everything is just like from the standpoint of hey this is somebody's like heart that just got broken right and I think as a process um, especially as my own personalized process how I wish instead of handling people with the pep talks and and all the extra information how I would just wish that somebody would acknowledge how I felt in the moment and how I wish that we as a society would acknowledge that other people are feeling things that maybe they might not be talking about because the conversations surrounding breakups don't really foster an emotional environment where we can talk about the pain that we're experiencing freely unless we're at a therapist or somebody that's extremely emotionally intelligent. <laughs> but in all realities, we're all quite young, and I don't think we're all going to get to that emotional maturity right away, and I think all of us have to work on it, and then eventually we will get to that point. But speaking for myself, I'm not there yet, and I will slip up, obviously, because that's what you do when you're young. You make mistakes and then you grow from them. If you decide to see them as mistakes, I'm starting to notice not a lot of people see their mistakes as mistakes, but that's okay. As my wise older brother said, adults are just grown-up children, <laughs> which is cool. I like that. Since he said that, I've never seen it differently, and I think that's so profound. Anyways, um, I think as a community, we have... We hop right into trying to help the person or the heartbroken see the heartbreak as a positive feeling instead of actually acknowledging that they're in pain. And in the process of doing that, I think the pep talks are an attempt to lift spirits and reinstate the person's value of self. And within that, encourage to find something or someone bigger and better. But I don't exactly think that helps to initiate a healthy healing process and when somebody doesn't properly heal from something I think it initiates a cycle and within initiating that cycle I think we enable people to continue in bad behavior or engage in bad habits and in the long term I think it has the potential into generating new cycles where things just get worse and worse because we're allowing 
unhealed individuals continue into other relationships where maybe they're either going to seek out the same things that they were looking for in their past partners or they're going to fill unfilled gaps in the wrong ways, which I think it's all about how we process the experiences that we go through, especially when it comes to traumatic experiences, because I know a lot of relationships end really badly, and I never want to like discount that. Like Some people actually need to go through a trauma awareness experience where they need to look, literally look inside and be like, hey, this is not right at all. Because <laughs> I know for a, a time I had to do that, right? And um, another pep talk wouldn't help that for me. I needed to be able to see myself as valuable and I need to see myself as somebody that was deeply hurt by the situations that I had found myself in, right? And I think we encourage somebody to go find better without encouraging them to be the better. And, you know, now that I reread my notes, that hits different because I look at, <laughs> I look at some of the situations that I've gotten the chance to witness. And if I could do it over, especially as a friend, I would... I would have definitely told them that maybe they didn't need another partner. Maybe they didn't need to go get better. Maybe get something better. Maybe they needed to be better because, not going to lie, when you have a friend telling you that you deserve (laughs) so much better and then you start looking for that better, sometimes instead of looking for that within yourself, you'll look for it within somebody else. And then when you look for it, you find some really unsavory characters that have things that look like what you want, but they aren't what you want because they come at the baggage and worse things (laughs) than maybe you were prepared to handle, which is completely, I guess you can't really expect somebody to know that, right? And I wish that people came with like, warning signs (laughs) but it's not real and within that process I think healing can allow you to become more aware of these things and don't don't get it confused for resentment that's that's a big thing because sometimes people will mask resentment as like a healing journey and I've I've really gotten to (laughs) <laughs> like, I've gotten to a point where I I feel like I can see it. Like, somebody will say something so conscious, like, emotionally mature and conscious. And then I'm just like, that's not, that doesn't sound right. Because their boundaries are boundaries against getting hurt again. Instead of boundaries that allow them to live life within its fullest as an experience that maybe... You have protections, but you're, they are just completely guarded, but they make it seem like they're so open. And I know that sometimes I do that myself, and I'm actively working on it because I don't think that contributes to a healthy environment, especially when, you, when I want to be somebody that makes other people feel safe, right? I don't want them to like pick up on that kind of energy coming from me. Like I'm just saying something because I got hurt. 
right? Anyways, I think that's as much as I can say on how much my criticisms but I think as much as you have a criticism you have to have like a way to do it better right and I took the time to formulate that right <laughs> I have a theory as to what a community can do in order to benefit somebody going through a breakup and I have them I have it listed in a couple steps because I don't think it's something that you could just hop straight into. I think you have to do it gradually. As the person is experiencing their breakup in real time, right? So when the breakup first happens, I think it's important that we approach the person by listening and affirming their experiences. Because I don't know how many people have like been in those kind of friendships where somebody is just like, oh, you'll be okay. And I think telling somebody they'll be okay is valid. It's still a valid thing. But a lot of, there's so many different ways to phrase that, you'll be okay statement. But some of those phrases can be a little bit um, dismissive, I guess is the best way to put it. Like, I don't want you to tell me that I'll find better. Like, tell me it's okay to be in pain right now. Tell me it's okay to suck. Uh, Tell me it's okay for this to suck. And tell me that um, my emotional investment was not worth nothing. And that it's okay for me to be sad because everybody gets sad when they grieve a loss. Because it is a loss. (laughs) And then... I think it's also important to affirm the experience because just as much as sometimes we break up with people that we feel we could have spent lifetimes with, sometimes when you break up with somebody, you're exiting an almost unescapable kind of dynamic, especially if it's not such a healthy relationship. And I think when it's not a healthy relationship, there's this like, overwhelming sense of like failure because you you didn't stick it out with that person you weren't the person that could change them you weren't the person that could make them feel loved you weren't the person that could solve their problems right so when somebody affirms you in knowing that you did your best but knowing you had to take yourself take yourself and put yourself first it's so uplifting even though it might not fix the moment the problem in the moment but just knowing that somebody's there and experiencing the feelings with you or even if they're not experiencing the feelings with you but they're with you in that it's so powerful and I think I like to talk about communities a lot because I am a firm believer in community building but when somebody decides that they're going to sit at your table or sit next to you and let you cry and say it's okay to cry because it sucks and be able to like admit that it sucks alongside you oh especially like I'm I'm a cry baby but like that's sure to make me cry (laughs) yeah and then 
another step in that process, I think it's important to never ex-trash. You can tell somebody and you can affirm them without like belittling somebody else. And I think a lot of the time when we experience breakups or experience people experience break, experiencing breakups, we automatically want to hop into telling them how much their ex was trash or how you saw that they were terrible in the beginning and then they were going to be terrible throughout and they were going to be terrible into the end. It just, maybe I'm speaking from a more personal sense, but when that happens, I just see it as going like badly because at the end of the day, that's still the person you chose to love, right? You love them because you saw them more you saw them as more than just their faults and the fact that some your friend or the, the person that's supposed to be supporting you through it is telling you that you made a wrong decision. I think it's just a misplaced statement. It's it's just a misplaced communication, point blank period. Because nobody needs to hear that because, number one, you're just going to make them feel unsafe. And I guess as a pride, as somebody who prides and making people feel safe and trying, making active efforts to making people feel safe. I just don't see it achieving the outcome that maybe we desire, right? And then the last and final step is encourage the mourning and support the healing. And I like the way that I phrase that, not gonna lie, because (laughs) I don't know. I feel like all of them are one step within itself but they're like, it, it's, a, it's a series of moving parts, I should put it. It's less so a theory, but a series of moving parts. Of, and in terms of supporting the morning or encouraging the morning and helping the healing, I think we get so caught up in telling our friends to live their best life instead of actually engaging and dissecting and reflecting on relationships that they may be exiting. Like, maybe you shouldn't be telling them to go party up and <laughs> and get back on the market because it's not always warranted within the first couple of, of months, even, even years, <laughs> depending on how long the relationship was. I think it's so important to let them sit and let them cry because I, I personally like crying. So, <laughs> well, crying for release, not just crying just to cry. But... Yeah, it, like encouraging them to grieve. Like you're allowed to cry, and you're like you're allowed to feel like, hey, maybe I'm not gonna get through today because I miss them so much. Like I know how those emotions feel, so I try my best to support those emotions because when you when you start living your life without somebody that you thought you were gonna spend forever with, it's it's hard, and if you just encourage them to go do whatever they need to do to feel better it ignores that there's certain wounds that they maybe need to patch up and those wounds never end up being patched up right but when you encourage the morning you support the healing right and then you give them the time to maybe lick their wounds and feel better in a more holistic sense where they're not looking 
to fill the gaps that the per, their ex used to fill, right? They start looking towards themselves or towards more important things that will contribute to their well-being instead of take away from. And that's just how I feel about that, to be honest. <laughs> um, surprisingly enough, I actually got through all 20-something minutes without crying because I'm not going to lie. When it comes to breakups, it's something. I might be over somebody like for years and <laughs> but like as soon as I remember a memory from like a relationship I'll be in tears and I think it's important to remember that we're not living life on uh, we're not living life on an incline we're more so living life on a consistent journey and we're walk- constantly walking towards something but sometimes we'll turn back like I know when I'm walking to work and I forget my apron, I turn back and I walk back home to get my apron and then go to work, right? So let's say our final destination is work. And <laughs> sometimes you forget your apron and sometimes you regress. And within those regression moments, it's important to realize that you can always pick back up from where you started, right? Unless you go too far deep, there's... There's a working process always, but you can do it. And my encouragement to you is whether you're the person experiencing a breakup or you're the one supporting somebody through a breakup, you can do it. I believe in you. And I don't even think it's about believing in somebody. I think it's more so acknowledging that everybody has the capacity to empathize and once you empathize with somebody especially if you have relevant experience there's so much wealth in knowing that and you don't have to trash their ex in order to make them feel like it's okay to cry (laughs) and you don't have to say anything at all most of the time if you can just be present with them it's more than enough and if you can find somebody to be present with you as you experience the mo- those moments. It's more than enough. Because 10 times out of 10, I can almost guarantee it, we're all self-aware enough to know that some things hurt and we can locate those sources of hurt. And hopefully we attempt at, you know, patching up our wounds. <laughs> And that's what I have to say on all that. So, now that I'm finished the bulk of the podcast, I'm going to get into the final little notes. And one of the final notes is that I've been extremely into British reality TV shows. More specifically, the ones of, like, not really reality, but more lifestyle. Especially, like, um, what's the one... It's about garbage. I forget what it's called. And then <laughs> it's about the people that pick up garbage and the people that... It's a whole... It's a, it's a cool show. If I find it, I'll link it. But um, <laughs> it there's also the one called Rogue Landlords, Nightmare, uh, Nightmare Tenants. And then there's the one about Nightmare Neighbors. And I just find them so, mo- so much more interesting than North American media. 
reality media like that it's so cool and i spend a lot of time watching it and i have no idea why but it helps me get my work done so anything to help me get my work done at that point <laughs> and i guess it, it wouldn't be a hey romi episode even though there aren't many it wouldn't be a hey romi episode without mentioning the song of the week and that song of the week being me and those dreaming eyes of mine by d'angelo because it's a banger and i listen to it almost on an everyday basis and i think you should listen to it on an everyday basis too because it's that good and i just wanted to say i love you and i hope your week goes amazing and if i don't connect with you i hope you connect with me <laughs> and we can have those conversations for the week i might have to like really balance my schedule this week I got a lot, but <laughs> I just hope you're going to have an amazing week, and I love you, and I hope you stay safe, wear your mask, and if anything, drink your water, mind your business, and I'll see you next week. Bye. <sighs> to be honest, that was like 447 takes, and I'm finally finished. <laughs>